hello and welcome to another win daily sports show my name is michael brazil i am back better than ever i got my man seeing a shot i got my man joel shrek here with me and we are breaking down the honda classic we were trying to do this one on site i applied for media credentials i did the whole thing jumped through as many hoops as i could unfortunately we were not given those media credentials so you know what i'm gonna do this from my basement as i always do with a blanket wrapped around the bottom half of me because it's freaking cold here in new jersey see ya is so Ryan you, Fitz, wait, 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 wait. Is Ryan ahead, Fitzpatrick the best quarterback in the NFC East? Um, well, okay. So huh? by process of elimination, I think the answer, if if you take his experience in mind, I think the answer is yes. And and I think the only argument would be, well, you know, Dak Prescott has has flashed for a few years, but he's also coming off a pretty horrific ankle injury. Mm-hmm. And we know whether it's Carson Wentz or dating back to RG3, the NFC East, those quarterbacks coming off injuries like that, it takes a couple of years and, and sometimes you, you lose it altogether. So wow. I'm going to answer your question in the affirmative. I think I'm going to agree. Joel, what do you think? Listen, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I actually watched him play in college because he used to play against my brother. Uh Oh, so, nice were, flex there. By the oh, way, yeah, if you guys didn't know, Bill's brother went to an Ivy League school. Not uh, sure if you guys put two and two together there, but that's kind of cool. I hope he's listening because he would love that. Um, so I would, I want to say yes, but it's just no. It's just not. I like him. He's good, but he's not but the best player. But who, he's who at is, least, though? He's what at least answer? second then. He, Dak is clearly number one. Um, hmm. And then... Hey, listen, in all reality, if you were the GM of a football team and you had the choice between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jalen Hurts next year, you'd take Jalen Hurts. Well, if I you're talking totally about this, oh, if you're talking about this coming year, the answer is uh, the opposite of that. If you're talking yeah. about for the trajectory of their career, yeah. of course you'd take Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts got figured out by the Cowboys' defense. The Cowboys' defense. Yikes. What does that tell you about the well, playbook? Also, Jalen Hurts? I mean, listen, what what did uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick do as a rookie in the NFL? I think well, he beat okay. the Patriots. Yeah, but but the, what you're doing there is like Deshaun Watson versus Tua. We don't know where he's at. We don't know where to, but we know what Deshaun Watson is, just like mm-hmm. we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. We don't know what Jalen Hurts is. I suspect Jalen Hurts isn't going to be a very good quarterback. But me neither. Give me, give me Fitz next year. But anyway, you got Fitz next year, Sia. If anybody hasn't figured out by now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback of the Washington football team. I hope they keep that name, too. We haven't really heard anything in terms of names, so that's kind of cool. But I do promise you this is a golf show. Sia is just <laughs> our resident Washington football club fan. So we had to get there. But, guys, we got the Honda Classic coming up. We had a fun one last week. We are back at it. I think they – did they add a Bryson rule this week, if I'm not mistaken? I'm one of the whole – no, was that last you're, week me? You're a week behind, yeah. I am a week behind. How you did you know? Look behind. at that. Perfect. All right. Well, hey, I don't really care. I missed last week. I didn't really pay attention. None of my bets landed. Um, and Doug Gim. Ugh. We went on a Twitter little thing by that. But anyway, anyway, anyway. We have the Honda Classic. We have a fun one. Sia, talk to me. What are you most excited about for the Honda Classic? Because we can't be there this year. Yeah, I mean, oh, I might still show. I was up, actually going to say, yeah, you can go there, right? That's literally forty-five minutes up the road. But I think, I think what I'm most excited about is it's such a flat field from a talent standpoint that, like, I think guys like us might have an edge, or, or, or frankly, our subscribers, or maybe subscribers to another site that may or may not be as good as us, like. There's an edge there when you have these mediocre players in the eight thousand range, in the seven thousand range, in the high six k range. So I think um, I think this could be a really good tournament. The the only the only problem is 
it's going to play a little bit like last week. And what I mean by that is it's going to be really difficult. And some of those guys are expecting to make the cut because there's water everywhere and because a couple bad shots can really kill your tournament. You know, you, you might just be out of luck. You know, you might pick a safe lineup and then you find out it's not so safe like like last week, for example. So it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, I think we have an edge, but at the same time, like things could go haywire pretty quick. It was fun watching all those balls go in the water last week. That was last week, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Because that was an absolute blast. I had a lot of fun with that one. Joel, how about you? What are you excited about? Are you going to just fly down and hang out on Sia's couch? You know, I thought about it. It's a little too late, so yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not going to. But I'm, I am disappointed that we're not that we're not going to be able to go. Me down too. Um, but no, for this week, I'm, I'm really excited for the tournament. I think you know, one thing I was funny enough, I was talking about with my wife earlier was I was explaining to her that tournaments like this are good for people like us, people listening to our show, because when tournaments like last week happened, where everyone's playing and all the big players are in it, right? Um, even though we did like Justin Thomas and I had, I had a, I put a ticket on him on uh, Saturday night and like, so all that, but still it's really hard to be able to pick who, which golfer is going to win when the top 20 golfers in the world are playing, right? They're all really good. None of them. It's hard to say, Oh, this guy's definitely better than that guy on this course. Like this is just all really good players. When a week like this, we can really get more technical and be able to say, listen, like these guys grade out way better than the other guys and they're not the best golfers in the world. So there's a lot more, there should be a bigger gap when picking guys this week. So that's what makes me excited. Yeah. Justin Thomas went absolutely ballistic last week on the weekend. That was, that was absolutely fun to watch. Shout out to him for taking it down, taking it home, making, I don't know, one point something million dollars. Not a bad day to More say the least. I think he made like 2.7 million. 2. It was 7, the, the purse shit. because it was the players. Oh, because like it was the players. Yeah. Yeah. That I think I read it was the biggest purse for an individual winner ever. Wow. Mm, okay. That's cool. And we got the Masters coming up soon, boys. Pretty excited mm-hmm. about that. George is on my mind again. It was only like, what, five months ago. We get to do it again. Kind of weird, but I'll take it. So let's get into it a little bit. Um, it should be a fun one. We're down in Florida. Daniel Berger has the best odds to win. But before we even hop into that, Sia, I saw something in Discord today, if I'm not mistaken, about Daniel Berger. So let's just get that information out there now to the people in case they only want to listen to the first 10, 15 minutes of the show. Yeah, so I put it in Discord this morning. So uh, it popped up on Roto World, not a ton of other outlets, but it seems like it's on very, very good information that Daniel Berger has had a rib injury that he's been battling for, uh, you know, quite some time. I mean, at least more than a couple weeks. And he was even quoted as saying, I and mean, this is a quote from him that was in Roto World saying, or on Roto World, which is not called Roto World anymore, NBC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the short of it is he, he, he kind of said, well, I'm surprised I even got through four rounds, which was like pretty shocking to me for a couple reasons, because is, is it really that severe? Like that, you, if it was, why would you even play in the players yeah. anyway? I mean, obviously it's a huge purse, but I, I should note, Round four for Daniel Berger was amazing. It was his best round. So it's kind of one of those things where it clearly wasn't a hindrance as the tournament went on. If anything, it must have felt better as the tournament went on. But one thing that you should also know is that he had an MRI on Monday. Or at least, again, that's what was reported. So I would imagine the results of that, you know, he's going to get questions about that at the, you know, the pre-tourney press conference tomorrow. So uh, he's going to have to respond to that. I mean, honestly, like, I-, I assume he's going to be okay and I assume he's going to play. I assume this news is going to get some people off of him and maybe on like Joaquin Neiman or Sung J.M., uh, maybe even Adam Scott. But it's one of those things we kind of just have to gauge it and see what happens. I'm still going to have plenty of burger shares as of now, but I got to admit, I'm, I'm pulling a few shares off of him at the moment. 
Interesting. Joel, is, is that shine you away or are you excited to load up on Daniel Burger now? Well, I don't know if you guys remember this. I have some inside information here that I can share with you. Oh, so that's you, right. I don't remember that. Daniel Berger's dad is the tennis pro at my college yes. golf community, <laughs> which happens to be literally less than a mile down the road from the Honda Classic. So um, the, they, I don't know him and my parents I'll talk to. Like, I don't actually know if he's going to play. But what I do know is this is his home field. He wants to play. And if he could play last week and if he's healthy enough, he's going to play. So he wants to be out there. It's, it's really If he can't play, it's because he really can't. And if he got through last week, I think he should be able to get playing this week. So I think he's probably going to play. And it means something to him, right? Because this is his home course. This is where his family is. So I actually like – I like Berger. And I like the fact that this might scare some people off. See ya. Can you drive to Joel's parents' house, find <laughs> out where Daniel Berger's parents live, and just ask them to call him up? Just a well, quick so that's the that's thing. All I'm I feel like we can just make we can take the quicker route here. So he's the his dad is the tennis pro. Does he give your parents lessons? Like, how does that work? What, what's the what's the dynamic? The relationship? No, I I actually don't know if they if they actually ever spoke to him or not. Uh, but I just but you that. have insider information. <laughs> I just know yeah. that he works yeah. at that, that community. I know that for sure. Okay. Well, uh, I, I think I think what we need to do here is have your parents call for like lessons. Mm. And honestly, like maybe, you know, maybe we'll front the money on whatever like a lesson <laughs> costs with Mr. Burger. And then we can get so they can while they're setting up the lesson. Hey, I heard your son, you know, may not play. And it'll be like, oh, no, he's fine. And that's that's worth the good lesson enough. right there. Exactly. So. That's actually a good idea. I'm just going to have to make sure that that lesson happens tomorrow. Yeah. A very tight time for mm-hmm. Well, the inquiry has to happen tomorrow, not the yeah. lesson itself. Okay. All right. All right. I love it. That's what you get at the Windaily Sports Show. (laughs) This is what you get. Um, Let's let's get into it a little bit. This should be a fun one. As as Joel and Sia both said, these are the types of tournaments that we make our money for you. We're a little bit better at this, and by we, I mean Sia and Joel. Each of them won bets, and they win DFS, and yada 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 yada. I kind of just tail them, and it's been working so far. So again, Sia is probably going to give out some winners later. Just take them. Because it works. Uh, this top tier, I mean, we know all these guys, but some of them in the 10K range is interesting. Uh, Sanjay at 11, Berger obviously at 10, 8, Lee Westwood at 10, 6, Joaquin Neiman 10, 4, Adam Scott 10, 1. See, it talks to me a little bit about this top tier of golfers. Yeah, and before I get to that, I, I got to say sure. so, you know, how we give the outrights and we give the first round leaders at the end of, of this show every Tuesday. And it's it sort of sucks because I hit Sergio Garcia last week, but he wasn't one of my picks on the show. And the reason was, and this is kind of like, for anybody listening right now or, or, or on the podcast later, this is why it's so important to be in Discord because it was Stephen Pilardi who was just talking about Sergio and talking about Sergio. And then Patrick started talking about him. And then lo- like at like 12 o'clock Wednesday night, I end up putting up 10 bucks on an 80 to one shot Sergio Garcia as first round leader. So it was one of the first times I even made a first round leader bet outside the scope of what I say on my show. And so it ended up hitting somehow. And I kind of felt bad because, you know, I was on John's show as well on Wednesday night. I gave him first round leaders, but I didn't give him Sergio either. And so here I am celebrating it on Thursday night. And they're like, dude, what's going on? But again, it was all in Discord. Like if you were in the chat in Discord, you would have put two and two together and been like, I need Sergio on my teams and maybe he's a good outright or first round leader bet. So that's, yeah. again, that's a promote. That's a promotion for Discord. You really have to get in there to get everything. Hand up. I'm not going to lie. I was a little, little, little peeved. I was like, you mean I could have hit an eight? So. You know I would have put a dollar on that. That would have been a nice $80 in my account. I could have made like 80 more golf bets with that. But it's okay. 
you've made me enough money. I can't get angry at this stuff. I'm just, you know, when I saw that, I was like, son of a bitch. That's really I'll all I said this. to myself. I'll, I'll tell you this, and then we'll finally get into this upper tier range. I literally put that bed in at like 11.45 p.m. Wednesday night. You would have been in bed, and oh, two yeah. times, I believe, were like 6.50 yeah. or something like that. I wouldn't like have that. gotten it in. So, yeah, but, it's just one of those things. You know. I could have yeah. texted Joel, though. Yeah, like, he would have been. Up. What, Joel doesn't need an eighty to one shot. He's hitting. What was that? Uh, well, he would have put a hundred dollars on it. So, well, that's true. That's yeah. actually a good point. So, but he just hit a bet of twenty six dollars. He turned it into thirty nine thousand. So that's not like bad. ridiculous. Not bad. Expect so, more of that, Joel. But anyway, <laughs> also the group chat was a little. The boys weren't too happy with you either. See it, but anyway, this top <laughs> tier of golfer, who are we liking this week? So there's two guys I really like, actually. There's really just one guy I really like up here. Uh, it's Daniel Berger at 10,800. I mean, his ball striking, first of all, if you remember before we got shut down because of the pandemic, Daniel Berger was like red hot, okay? And then you, the, the pandemic happened and then we came back and Daniel Berger was okay. Well, he's sort of back on sort of the red hot train now. The last three tournaments, his ball striking has been out of this world, off the tee, approach. That's what you're going to need here, particularly approach. But there's so many water hazards on this course that you're definitely going to want to be precise with your first shot and your second shot in particular. So Daniel Berger, it's like not even a close call to me. I mean, Sung J.M. is the defending champion, but his ball striking lately really hasn't been that good, particularly on approach. Uh, so and then Lee Westwood, you know, he's been playing really well, but he's finally priced up in a range where, you know, it's, it's a little prohibitive. And uh, and honestly, his ownership percentage, I mean, if it was like 5%, that would be one thing. But, you know, people are playing him. So it's not one of those things where it's like super contrarian. The other guy I like here, just because he's such a good ball striker and he has such good win equity relative to the field, is Joaquin Neiman. So I'm going to play a lot of Daniel Berger. But if I have to pivot, pivot from Daniel Berger... I'm going to play Joaquin Neiman. Um, but if I don't, if I'm not worried about the Daniel Berger injury, this split is going to be way in Daniel Berger's favor, like 80-20. Like I, it's, Daniel Berger's as close to a lock button here for me as you can have, which is why the rib injury really kind of shook me because I was like, damn, man, I was going to have him in pretty much every lineup. Yeah, and, and uh, hopefully Joel's parents can get us that information that we're looking for. Again, windailysports.com backslash chat, get in Discord, so that way you can find out what Joel's parents said to Daniel's Berger's parents over the phone. Joel, anybody else from this top tier range or anything you want to add to what Sia was saying? I'm pretty in line with, with Sia in this range. I think the, the sentiment is there's a, these guys, I think, especially Berger, I'll, I'll throw uh, him in there as well, and Neiman are just head and shoulders better than the rest of the field, in my opinion. So um, I, I'm with Berger. If you want to be scared of his injury, if you want to pivot, uh, I agree. I think it would be Neiman. And then for me, I still like M. M did have a, a 66 round last week. He, he might have had two even, uh, but he had a couple of blow up rounds as well. So um, it's kind of a little bit risky, but he is, you know, other than Berger, definitely the best golfer in this field. Uh, and it's going to be a wider margin than most courses. So uh, trying to get one of these guys in your lineup when you're, when you're making your builds. 72, 66, 77, 66. That is a wild four rounds of golf, and that's why we that's why we do what we do. Uh, also, I don't think we hit that bet on balls in the water. I was a little disappointed. We were still looking. At I don't think it hit. The money didn't hit my account. A little disappointing, but that was fun. You always have to check DraftKings and all those sites. FanDuel. There was some wacky bets last week. Was uh, over fifteen and a half balls in the water, I think. Um, but it was after the round after uh, Ben on hit like fifteen by himself in the water, so it didn't quite help. Uh, Joel, let's stick with you. What about this 9K range? It sounds like I'm going with the assumption it's a Stars and Scrubs lineup again today. 
Oh, no, we're going to the patented hybrid for uh, sure. Hybrid, of course. How could I have forgot? That's, I don't know how you forgot that. Um, but no, so th- this is the, the range that we're going to want to be in. I think there's a lot of uh, guys that are going to be able to compete in this range. I think the winner, uh, if it's not Burger, will probably come from this range as well. So there's a lot of guys that I like. You, if, you, if you're reading around the internet uh, this week, you'll notice a lot of people love Russell Henley. I think he grades out really well on this course. He's got a really good course history. Um, tied for eighth last year, 20th, 24th, 43rd. So he's consistently competing here. Um, you know, listen, he missed the cut last week. His recent form, he had 38th and 30th before that. So it's, it's, it's mediocre. It's not bad. He's competing um, at a place where he likes the course. I really like Russell Henley this week. My concern with him, this is a high price tag, right? If you're taking Russell Henley, you're taking him as, you know, one of your alphas, uh, probably your second guy. Uh, so, you know, if, if you want to pivot off him for that reason, I think that makes sense, even though I do like him this week as, as someone that w- is worth targeting. Um, a lot of people, and, and, and Michael, you'll like this, a lot of people are, are really into Taylor Gooch, and, and I agree. I think uh, his recent form has really been on the upswing. I mean, fifth last week, he looked great. Um, you know, he was 43rd the week before, which, you know, isn't terrible at a, at a tough event. And and then at the Genesis, he was 12th, which is another really tough event. And this should play tough as well. So it looks like he's playing better on difficult courses, which is going to line up well. His recent form looks good. Um, and then his course history, he had 38th last year and 20th year before that. So, I mean, he's making the cut. The, the thing that it's just hard for everyone to wrap their head around that we all just have to get used to this week is, you know, all of those statistics and everything I said for – Taylor Gooch at his normal price is like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. At $9,300, now you're picking him. That he has to be a top 10 in this tournament, which he very well could be. I feel like he's a top 10 golfer, but it is a lot of money to be doing to Taylor Gooch. So. Yeah, Taylor Gooch was routinely in the low sevens. He was in the 6Ks uh, you know, over the, the year that we've been doing this show at this point. Now, all of a sudden, uh, it's a light field, so he gets a little bit more expensive. So shout out Taylor Gooch, though. Good for him. Deserves it. No, totally. And, you know, the round, I think, um, listen, we've been on and you've been hearing us mention Tringal for, you know, months now. I mean, we've been all over his, his ball striking has been elite. I mean, he's been just hitting the ball well. He missed the cut last week, but I don't want to hold that again. I mean, he missed it. He made a lot of cuts. Last week was a really tough tournament. I'm definitely going back to the well. I actually hope people, that, that last week turns people off to him, uh, that maybe they're saying, listen, you know, he's on the downswing. Um, you know, I always give a guy one week. It's going to happen. It's golf. I'm, I'm, I'm happily to go back to the Tringal this weekend. The last guy I'll mention in this range that, that I have my eye on is Shane Lowry. Um, Lowry's another guy who's who has played pretty well. I was like, not great. Didn't get too low, but he was pretty consistent, right? I mean, like, you don't see a 66, but he didn't really he – he had the 174. But for the most part, uh, three to, 268s and a 69 in a tough course is really good. Uh, and this should shape up to be a course that he plays well at. So a couple things. One, Tringal. Um, if you guys have not already, speaking to everybody out there, make sure to go subscribe to the Better Golf Podcast where our boys Sticks Picks and Spencer Aguiar uh, break down the tournament from every which way betting and is absolutely incredible. If you listen to Sticks two weeks ago, he had a hammer play on Tringal and it worked. If you listened to him last week, it didn't quite work out as well, but it was still a lot of fun while you had it. They made you some money. So make sure to go Find that. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody on YouTube and in uh, the podcast. Subscribe there because they do some incredible stuff. We do a lot of the DFS. We give you outrights, of course, over here. But their entire show is just top 40s, top 20s, top 10s, top 5s, matchups. It is so much fun to listen to. Those dudes are so smart. Last week, they even had the gentleman, uh, Dave Beerman from ESPN, who like runs the gambling over there. So that was a lot of fun to get to check out. So if you have not already, um, do that. And also, Shane Lowry is Irish. 
And do you think St. Patrick's Day will be a hindrance or do you think it will help? (laughs) That's just my last question. I don't know. See, I'll toss it to you. What do you think? Uh, I mean, Shane Lowry, I believe, is, is kind of a drinker. So I think hey. that's a hindrance. OK, but that, that's not stopping a lot of people because Good. I think Shane Lowry is, is a popular guy to pick in DFS this week. And it's partly because of what Joel said. And I don't know if Joel mentioned it, but it's going to be pretty windy. It's going to be like 10 to 20, maybe like 20, 25 miles per hour throughout the week and the weekend. So these European players in particular, Shane Lowry, you know, we'll talk about maybe Dylan Fratelli and some of those guys, Ian Poulter, they might really be comfortable. In, in, in the type of wind we're going to see, whereas some of the American players may not be quite as comfortable unless they're Florida players. Uh, the 9K range, not a lot of guys I like. Uh, you know, Taylor Gooch and Cameron Tringala are probably the guys I like the most. I'm probably going to fade Henley just because his recent form isn't that good, and he's so popular. He's, he's talked about on all, all the you know, podcasts, but more importantly, if you're running a model, whether it's 24 rounds or 50 rounds, however however far you're going back. I mean, he's really going to a, a pop because of, of his approach numbers. And it's one of those things where if his recent form was a little bit better, I'd be like, okay, I'll jump on board with the chalk. But I feel like I have an argument to stray from the chalk. And, and when I do, that's what I'm going to do almost every time. So give me Gooch, give me Tringali. Like the cool thing about Tringali is his ball striking is so good. It's always been really good, particularly on approach. But Every tournament this calendar year, he's gained in the ball striking department. Like total strokes gained, ball striking, he's gained in every single tournament dating back to the Amex. So there have been a couple times like at the API, his approach numbers, he didn't gain there, but he gained so much off the tee that his ball striking number was in the positive. So last week, what really bit him was the putter. I mean, he just wasn't very good with the putter. So that is easily forgiven because of the the state of regression when it comes to putters. So a guy like that, who you, who you think you can count on from a ball striking standpoint, you know, with all this water around, I'm definitely going to be riding that. I'll tell you about Taylor Gooch. I did talk to Nick Bretwish two, three hours ago, who of course is one of the two hosts of the better golf podcast, B E T T O R. So it's, it's Nick Bretwish. It's Spencer Aguiar. They're really, really kind of, brilliant so this is this is a must in the rotation whether you're doing dfs or betting but the point is uh one of the names one of the first names spoiler alert for that show that i think is going to drop tomorrow morning was taylor gooch just from a pure value standpoint and and i I think he was assessing value from a betting market but i think if if he likes the value there then i think we can justify playing taylor gooch at what what seems to be an elevated price so i'm all over taylor i'm all over cameron tringali I, i think i like cameron a little bit more just because He's he's a little cheaper and and I I've, I've just been on Cameron more than I have been on Taylor so I'm going to I'm going to keep riding that but other than that, you know, Woodland was a withdrawal. We got Russell Henley. Lowry, I, I'm not that interested in. His ownership percentage looks to be a little too high. Chris Kirk is fine. I'm kind of waiting for him to have a down tournament because I think he's kind of due for one. But I think he's a fine play. Uh, just a little information. Taylor Gooch plus 3,500 to win plus 70, uh, 750 for top five plus 400 for a top 10 again listen to the b-e-t-t-o-r better golf because uh, they dive into the top 40s and all that and nick is incredible he'll be like yeah i found this bet here on points bet you can get like 130 points so this is the value just take it whether it's good or not just take it because you're getting 130 points better so it is a lot of fun to listen there see we will stick with you how about this 8k range because if you're not in love with the 9K range, I assume there's there's got to be a couple. Ricky Fowler, Doug Gim, we know all these guys. Talk to me. Yeah, you know what's funny about Ricky? So this isn't offered on DraftKings, but there is a there is a bet. It's Keegan Bradley versus Ricky Fowler, and Keegan Bradley's minus 120. And Fowler has been, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but 
he's been kind of a joke. Like he, he's he had a couple good rounds here and there over the last like six, you know six months. But I'm being literal with a couple good rounds. Like that's about it. Now this is his home course, just like Daniel Berger. He's had a lot of success here, including within the last you know three four years. It's been very very good. But with all of that said. It's just one of those things where if I can get Keegan Bradley, an amazing ball striker against Ricky Fowler, I mean, your grandma's favorite, you know, that that, that seems too good to be true, to be honest with you. So I think that's something I'm going to be doing. Other guys Uh, in the, go ahead. It's my grandma's birthday tomorrow. Oh, wow. Well, send her this clip tomorrow then. Okay. I'm going to make sure not to do that. Thank you. Yeah, Please don't do that. Good idea. Happy birthday, Um, grandma. Other happy birthday, Grandma! Can Thanks. she come on the show? And by the way, before I no. get to the rest of the eight K, no, she can't. She can't okay. come on the show. She'll wow. spew off some like Facebook conspiracy shit. It's oof, <laughs> oh, it is that is fantastic! Wild. It's no, wild. we should do that because we we won't own it. It'll uh, be like oh, that's his grandma. That's every grandma. grandma. Like, and then I, we like, I, I think we put it to a vote. I say she comes on. Damn oh it. yeah, it's damn that's it. a co- She's a content <laughs> machine. Yeah. She she really would be. It would be insane. Before, before I get to the other few guys I like in the 8K range, um, can I ask Joel what is your brother's name that went to the Ivy League school? <laughs> Jarrett Shrek. Jarrett Shrek, and, and where did you go to school, Joel? I went to the University of Delaware. Okay, okay, so are you like, was it like kind of like a disappointment you didn't go to an Ivy League school? My brother and sister went to Brown, and uh, and oh. I didn't. Yeah. So well, isn't can... isn't Brown like the last one though? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so was that right? And then That's... my brother and sister are a lawyer and doctor, and only one of us has made a couple hundred thousand dollars betting on golf. In the there well, That's where I was going. With it. That's where I was going. With it. I don't know. There you go, uh, yeah, baby. See, yeah, like Love that it. degree can only take you so far. But mm-hmm. the, the Brown thing is funny because that's like the worst person on the starting yeah. five of the dream team. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's um, always a fun sitcom joke, though. Anyway. So, okay, so so the rest of the guys, I'm going to skip over Doug Gim. I, I think speaking of, of guys that might be due for, for a letdown, I think Doug Gim is probably there as well. He fought, I mean, he's been so good for a couple weeks. You know, we, we've been on him too. Like, Doug Gim is not a stranger to this show. Even three, four months ago, we were talking about him. But he definitely unraveled on Sunday. Um, I mean, he was he was really quite bad. The pressure got to him. I think he admitted that in, in a presser the, yeah. over the last couple of days. But long story short, um, I, I think that's probably a little bit too much. While I'm willing to play, pay the elevated price for some of these guys like Taylor Gooch, for example. I mean, I would so much prefer just play Taylor Gooch and and find the five hundred dollars somewhere else uh, when it comes to DraftKings pricing. I think Brandon Steele, if we're talking about safer plays, he's a really good ball striker. His history here is very good. So I have no problem with Brandon Steele. I think he's. Again, there's no such thing as a safe play, but I think if you were going to do like a top 10 safer plays, I think Brandon Steele would make that in this particular tournament. For one uh, second, for Brandon yeah. Steele, can you get any more consistent? 72, 72, 71, 71, 71, 72, 71, 72. Exactly. exactly. That's I mean, that's so boring, but... It's boring. He's probably not going to score a ton of DK points compared to some of the guys next to him. But again, it's, it's really all about your philosophy. While I'm usually chasing upside, in this particular tournament... I'm more inclined to chase cut makers because I think if you can just get past that threshold and start scoring, like we we saw it last week because you could have had like a good four out of six lineup, but you were going to get, there was enough scoring on Saturday and Sunday, even on a hard course where you were just going to get passed. Even a five or six lineup was probably going to get hurt pretty bad by any six of six. So I'm, that's sort of what I'm looking towards. And that's why I'm not normally on a guy like Brandon Steele, but in this field, I will be. The other guy I want to mention, I mean, Two guys, actually. Three guys. Keegan Bradley I already talked about. Great ball striker. He's been red hot. And the cool thing about Keegan Bradley is he's been red hot with the putter, too. And that's usually his... That, that's usually 
like horrible for him. But what I'm seeing, at least on these Florida greens, this Bermuda grass, Bermuda grass is that he's comfortable there. Like he is gaining strokes putting. Even if he was a zero putter with the ball striking, he is going to pay off his price. So I love Keegan Bradley. Um, two more guys, Dylan Fratelli. That's more of a hunch play. The stats don't really bear it out. I think he's going to be comfortable in this environment. If you recall, Fratelli way back in the day was one of my secret weapon plays. And I, I think, again, from South Africa, so he's he's going to be accustomed to the wind. Um, so I, again, more of a hunch play, less of a, of a stat riding play. And the last guy is Ben On. I think some people will be off Ben On because he put like 25 balls in the water last week mm -hmm. and it was like kind of hilarious. And that's what people are going to think of when they see his name. But A, he's okay on Bermuda from a putting standpoint. That's usually his downfall. And B, he's a great ball striker. So give me Ben On. Yeah, that was that was wild. And then you saw him on Twitter. Actually, last week for Twitter on in golf was hysterical. It was I think it was Ian Poulter, right, who sat at the table and he's like, it's me, Shane Lowry and Rory and someone else. It's like, we're a combined 25 over right now. It's like, happy lunch, everyone. And then there's Ben on just making fun of himself. It's like, tag someone who would put this many balls in the water. And he just tagged himself and retweeted <laughs> it, which was awesome. So it's shout out golfers on Twitter, man. They are actually a blast to follow. And we've been tweeting at Harry Higgs a lot. Harry still hasn't come on the pod, so hopefully, hopefully we can get him soon. Joel, Harry played well last week. Let's yes, he, 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 did. he wasn't great on round four, but Harry was. Harry competed last week. Hey man, he made the cut, dude. That's all I expect out of him at this point. I consider that a win. So let's go, Henry Higgs. Come on the show. All right, Joel, talk to me. What about this AK range? Where are you loving? Yeah, so um, I'm going back to the Doug Gimwell. I think uh, Gim played really well last week. Um, this this course should grade out well for for how he's striking the ball. I mean, his, his ball striking has been really good. I think he even mentioned it. He there was like an interview after the tournament last week where he kind of said that they asked him like, you know, playing on the spotlight and kind of having all the big names around you. Were you nervous? And he was like, Yeah, absolutely. What did you think? Uh, and I think that kind of played a little bit into his kind of demise in round four. Um, I don't think I'll be nervous this week. There's there's no one in the tournament other than maybe Berger and him that are big names. So. I think he'll just be feeling comfortable coming off a week where he's playing great. Um, so, yeah, I love Doug Gim. I think he's one of my – he's actually one of my favorite plays this week, the way he's ball, striking the ball. There's another thing to look at, like like I always say, when you look at the card like, like we're looking at now, look at all the low scores you'll find, the 65, 68, 67. Um, so you know he's capable of going low. So even if you don't love him for week long, he'll definitely be a showdown target this week as well. Um, I, I, I like Steele. I think Cameron Davis is going to be interesting this week. Uh, I think our people, you know, he was kind of like a sexy underdog pick in the last two tournaments and he let everyone down. I think people are now done with him. I think the most intriguing thing about him this week is the lack of competition, right? He is now, look at the statistics, an elite golfer opposed to a sleeper. And I think people are going to be off him because of the two missed cuts recently. Um, so if he can find some of that form back uh, where he might not be as highly owned, um, I think that would be, that could be a nice way to get different. I really like Keegan Bradley this week. I mean, it, it's now been a few weeks where we've seen him contributing. Right, It's not just like, oh, he had a one lucky week. It's been a few weeks where it's, I think even last week it was like, I was thinking to myself, can he really do it again? Is he that consistent? And boom, tied for 29th. He was there. He was, he was pretty consistent, uh, even, you know, sh closing the week strong. Um, so, and, and if you look over the last, you know, since the beginning of February, I mean, he's really been pretty consistent. So uh, I think Keegan Bradley is definitely a, a good play. Someone to go to this week. Um I'm with Sia on, on Dylan Fratelli. I will say he's a – Fratelli's a my guy in that I – when there's an opportunity to play him, I will play him. Not necessarily the smartest thing, but 
Uh, you know, I, he's won me money in the past. Yeah, it's coming off a, a strong week. I, I agree that he might do better better in the win this week. So um, I, I do. I think he's a good play, especially now that we're getting down to 8,200. These are the types of guys that are still, I think, better golfers in the rest of the field, but are are ahead are are you know maybe not as big of a gap between him and the guys in the 9,600. 9, 9, um, so I think that's that's the value that we're going to get. The last guy in this range I want to just mention is Wyndham Clark. Um, Wyndham Clark is. You know, one of the stats for him that pops that is that's really good for this for this course is his bogey avoidance. Uh, so he's gonna he grades out really well at avoiding bogeys, and if he can have a, a, a especially double bogeys, if he can have a week where um, you know he gets him stays out of trouble, has one 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 really good round, he'll compete and maybe get get you another top ten like he did at the Genesis. That's what we're hoping for. We want some top tens if these guys in the eight K range can get up there for you. Usually a pretty good place to be. Um, just want to go over some of the odds here. Uh, Ricky Fowler plus forty five hundred. Um, Cam Davis, Chris Kirk, Brandon Steele, Cameron Tringall, all plus forty five hundred. Keegan Bradley plus five. Doug Gim plus six. Wyndham Clark plus six six. And Fratelli as well sixty six hundred to win outright. But Sia and Joel give us outrights later. They'll then not tell us about them and win on their own. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Joel, let's go to this 7K range. Um, let's do... Uh, that's not super... It's long, but go as far as you want and then pass it off to see you. Hey, before, oh. before we go to Joel in the 7K range, there's one guy I kind of forgot. He's not a big play for me, but I think he's a sneaky contrarian play because he's been off everybody's radar for quite some time, and he's a good course fit. His name is Martin Keimer. Okay, so he is... What is his price? It's like 8200 83 Got him. 8,300. There you go. He's going to be probably sub 5%. So what's interesting, if you look at stats of him on, you know, the PGA Tour, they're not going to look good. He hasn't played on the PGA Tour much at all. I mean, I think the last time he played might have been the US Open and he was deplorable. I mean, it's a hard course, so not a course for him. But if you actually look at what he's done on the European Tour, it's not super impressive, but he's actually progressing. So I I think it was he had a tied 44 in February and then the, the tournament after that. Uh, he had a T18 at the Saudi International, and you might be like, well, who was at the Saudi International? And it was a completely stacked field. DJ was there. They had everybody there. I believe Rory played there. Bryson played there. And b- by the way, Bryson was also tied for 18th. So hmm. Martin Keimer seemed to be a guy that's like kind of like picking his spots. And he comes to this tournament with a pretty terrible field. And he's coming off playing well in, in, a, in a crowded field at the Saudi International. And it just seems like a play, again, a European player who will be good with the wind. He's not a super long hitter, so he's fine on this course because it's relatively short. So he kind of checks a lot of boxes, but I don't think anybody's really going to pay attention to him. So as far as the 8K range, a super contrarian play, I think uh, he's pretty smart. How cool would it be if you could just like take a month off every once in a while? Just like go home, hang out, practice a little bit. And just be like, oh, this this one looks like fun. I think I could win this. Let's go there. <laughs> Joel, you stuck your hand up. Was that something you wanted to say? Did I? Um, so, never mind. I guess not. Anyway, Joel, we were going to you anyway. So let's talk about the 7K range a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, um, just I just think there's a lot better value in the 8K range. So my personal builds are going to be trying to cram in those guys. But a few guys here that, that I will be targeting that I like this week. I'm going to start with an interesting one, one that we've never a name that we've never mentioned on this show. His name is Brandon Wu. So Brandon Wu is going to come in the elk of a Will's Altars. He was, he's a young and up-and-coming guy. He did really well on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, he's a little bit new uh, to the PGA Tour, but look at his recent history. I mean, 
These aren't all PGA events, so keep that in mind. We're in the Great Assault. Even the Puerto Rico Open, which was a PGA event, had a really kind of C cast, so it was kind of like a you know minor league game. But um, but he's really good, and that's the point. And if, if you're someone that likes playing Will Zalatoris, you know he's going to grade up really well in ball striking and things like that. There's a reason there's a guy that you know few of us have ever heard of is priced almost I think thousand dollars, right? Because he's good. Um, so it's just a matter of you know. I think this is the type of place where it's okay to get different and play a guy like him because he doesn't have to go up against Thomas and DeChambeau and all those guys are gone. Whereas if he has a hot week, like it wouldn't be surprising if he beats, you know, Daniel Burton. Yeah, that would be surprising. But anyone other than him in this, in this field. Like, Ricky Fowler. He can give you a Ricky Fowler, exactly. So Keegan Bradley, whatever. So I actually think he's a nice way if you want to be different, especially in some big GPPs, uh, to some of the target. And he's definitely going to be under 10% on I would have Yeah. Imagine. I was about to ask Sia if you have it in front of you or Joel, if you had his ownership, I'm curious, because I can't see it being very high if he's played one tournament and it was the other tournament that week, right? The Puerto Rico Open was the same week. I can't remember if I'm not mistaken. It, it wasn't the APIs one before that, right? Where everybody else was paying attention, but oh yeah, the Puerto Rico Open was on. Uh, so I can't see his ownership being too high. Yeah, it's it's a little higher than you think because he is being talked about and he's he's a name that people are familiar with even back to when the pandemic hit and we were only doing outlaw tour, like Brandon Wu was one of those guys when I was like studying up and trying to put in DraftKings lineups. It was like, oh, this is an up and coming guy. But to your point, it's it's looking like he's going to be like five to seven percent. So it's not like he's some huge chalky mm-hmm. guy. But, you know, you'd almost expect a guy that you know nobody really knows that's priced at seventy eight hundred. You'd almost expect it to be like two percent. So yeah, whatever. That's it's, honestly, it's double, it's honestly double triple that. Not a big deal. But uh, he's definitely popular, and he's popular for good reason and reasons, and it's pretty much all the reasons Joel just mentioned. Man, I missed the Outlaw Tour. I'm not gonna lie, guys. That was that was wild. Um, who else? Who else you got here, Joel? <laughs> yeah, so I think to, to round to round out this field, another interesting play is Adam Adam Hadwin. Uh, Hadwin looked good last week. He, he's coming around strong. I um, mean, if you look, you know, it's key, his first round was was not that good, but when he got comfortable with the course. I mean, he kept everything above a 71, which in difficult courses is going to be really important. Um, again, this is going to be another tough course. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's a, more of a consistent golfer. He could have been interchanged in the 8K range. So I think you're getting a nice value with him here. Um, I like Harold Varner. I think Varner's going to grade out really well, especially as a guy who um, is capable of, of scoring low. So if he, has a, if he gets hot this week um, and gets you one of those, you know, 67, 66s, he can really compete for this tournament. So, you know, I don't love him. He, he hasn't been consistent. But again, don't put too much into his recent form in that if you took out, if you only put the names that are in this tournament for what place he would have gotten in those tournaments, it'd be 20, 40, 30 places higher. So um, he's not competing against the same guys. In a field like this, he is one of the top 30 guys, I would say, at least. So definitely someone that, that we can target. Uh, and then uh, I'll stop kind of at the 7,500 range. The last two two I want to just kind of bring up are our loop list. Luke West's recent form is not great, so you know people might be turned off for him for that. But he's done well here, so he likes this course. You know, he missed the cut the last two years. He had second in 2018. He has a 10th in 2016. So you know, playing Luke Blitz is a GPP play, hoping he finds his form this week. But if he does, he certainly can compete. And uh, we're going back to our wall at the last play with Cage Lee. I know we, we were really on him You know, maybe three tournaments ago. Uh, we, we've cooled off, but... Listen, he was he made the cut last week. Um, you know, he was pretty consistent. He didn't have any blow-up days and, and on a tough course, that's gonna be really important, making sure that guys, you know, stay consistent, especially this week, because someone plays really consistent this week and one good day they can win the tournament. So uh, I think KSU will be another 
Interesting play. I love it. KH Lee, I missed him in his, his haircut. Uh, Sia, how about you, this top half of the 7K range? Yeah, uh, KH Lee, that's an interesting play. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at him yet. Um, I, I agree with Joel. There's not a lot that I love here, so I'm probably going to be disproportionately high on the guys that I'm mentioning just because I don't like much of much of anything else. Uh, Kevin Streelman, uh, really good ball striker, really good off the tee, really good on approach, and kind of a, a shorter hitter. So he actually suits this course quite well. I like him. Um, I'm considering Michael Thompson and Luke List. Uh, as far as Luke List is concerned, yeah, he has been sort of underwhelming lately. But, you know, I think I think he's probably worth a couple shares. The thing that scares me about HV3, not to be confused for... RG3? Which, by the way, is he going to get signed? Like, mm. is anybody going to at least bring him into camp? Like, that's got to happen, right? Mm. I mean, not during free agency. I'm saying, like, you know, when your rosters are, like, expanded, like, I would think he'd get a shot. See, ya. I don't know. We, we know what you're saying, and we're Redskins. clearly not answering. Redskins might be looking for a little competition. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Washington <laughs> Football Club, Joel. Come on. Yeah, you're right. That's Sheesh. right. That's right. <laughs> Killing me, man. I have to go back and edit this whole podcast now. <laughs> I think we can leave it. We've, we've scolded we him. Appropriately. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Um, so let's let's move on. So a, a couple other guys. I'll, I'm going to skip over a bunch of guys because, again, these are guys I don't like. Um, Matt Jones is interesting. If you're talking about safer options, I think Matt Jones, if you're talking about this range, 7,400, he makes some sense. Again, he's from Australia. He's going to be okay in these wind conditions. And he's just he's just kind of like average to above average in all the strokes gain metrics. And I, I think that's, that's going to... Go ahead. I have a question. So yeah. everybody that's not from the United States so far, you've said is good in wind. Is that just how it works? Like, if you're international, well, you're better at wind? Because, like, Europe, South Africa, and Australia so far. And that's, like, actually, most of the world at this point. Yeah, and actually, the answer to that is yes. But it's not, like, a categorical, like, across the board yes. But the, the, the bigger point is they are so accustomed to playing in wind that it's not going to throw them off to see, like, 20 to 25 mile per hour gust. It's, so it's, it's not necessarily that... They grade out really well in wind because I actually haven't looked at those stats for, for those not, particular Not players, even that. But. I mean, more like, do we just not play with wind here in the United States? Or is it just that much more wind around the rest of the world? It's that much more wind around the rest of the world. I mean, unless you're on the coast, you know, you're probably not. I mean, there's, there's wind in, you know, yeah, some but. Texas courses, California, Florida. But generally speaking, more often than not, I mean, we've, we've been doing this for probably a year and a half. Like, Wind is a factor. It feels like one out of every four or five events where we're like, mm-hmm. oh, we got to we got to think about wind here. Whereas I think on the European tour, for example, you're, you're looking at like pretty much every other tournament, like you're dealing with some some wind that might be like whipping around, like mm-hmm. even harder than than what you might see at like 10, 15 miles per hour. All of a sudden our radars go up over in Europe. It's like, oh, it's it's a light day. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, Just wanted to make sure because I'm yeah. curious where else they play with wind around the world. But because it's everywhere. Anyway. Sorry. So two other guys that I want to mention, and then I'll move on. James Hahn at 7,300. Uh, I mean, I just like him. I just think he has upside. Um, and, you know, sometimes he strikes the ball well, sometimes he doesn't. And that's what you're going to get in this range with this type of field. So James Hahn with the upside. And then Roy Sabatini, kind of like a boring guy. We always refer to him, or at least I do, as the good Rory because he kind of bears that out. But long story short, in this field, I think Roy Sabatini has an opportunity here to actually, like, do pretty well. So I have no issue paying 7200 for Rory Sabatini. For the other Rory. Joel, are you going to take that? Listen, I, I, I have to agree because you know me, I always feel like you need shares of a Rory in your mm-hmm. tournament. Since sure. now this is my only option, I got to put some shares in there because they're going to have to Rory. I like that. 
I like that. That is the breakdown you get here at Windale Sports Day. <laughs> you need a Rory somewhere in your life. <laughs> but, but, there is a big but. I'm surprised that Sia didn't mention this person. Now, his recent form has been disappointing. Um, but he is a show favorite. Our guy, Henrik Norlander, right? In this field, in this field, Norlander can really do some damage. Like, I like him. Now, he, he was terrible at the players. Just terrible. Atrocious. People are going to be off of him for that. He was pretty bad at the Arnold Palmer. Um, he missed the cut at the Genesis, but I wouldn't put it in a choice. It's just a missed cut. You know, didn't score all that well. And then right before that, he had that run of like three tournaments where he had top 30s and he was looking really good. We were picking him to win tournaments and things like that. That's not that long ago. That was still, you know, within a couple of weeks. Um, I, there's a lot to be concerned about. I'm de- definitely not a lock button, but the upside is certainly there. It's, this is a... This is a low floor, high ceiling play. If you want to take a risk on someone like that, I think Norlander could be interesting. I like yeah, that. I mean the talent. The talent is there. I mean, if, I only didn't mention him because he's just been so disappointing over the last few weeks. But yeah, to your point, I mean the the talent is there. Henry Higgs, <laughs> guy. Listen, I, I, this is if you do want to play him, we have fun with things. But if you want to play him, this is the week. Right, this is a field where he's not laughable right he's he can compete with these guys like others there's you know there's 10 guys that are head and shoulders better than him other than that it's not that big of a difference between anyone in this field right if you're a pga golfer so he's coming off a week where he played really well on a tough course and a really good competition he shot a 67 uh if you're going to carry some of the momentum into this week yeah he can compete now i don't i wouldn't take a ticket on him to win the tournament but in dfs if he gets top 20 top 15 that can certainly happen so I, I think he's, a, he's certainly a play at 7,100 this week for sure. Me and S guy, we are going to ride the Henry Hicks train until he comes on this damn show. I promise you guys that every day. Uh, Joel, anyone else in the 7K range? Yeah, so I, I, I'm with See, I think a lot of the plays that he mentioned, um, I like a lot too. The, the last two guys that I'll just mention this range that, that I like are Nick Taylor and Chez Reedy. Um, Nick Taylor has just been competing recently. Um I like the way he looks in a much weaker field. Uh, I think, you know, here's where it could be a, a good time for him to to kind of show out. And, and I really want to like the fact that, you know, he did have that 74 last week. But I think what I'm looking for this week are guys that can avoid the, the blow-ups. And, you know, he, the last two tournaments, yeah, he had a couple of them. But before that, he's been pretty consistent and, and keeping his, his scores low, especially on tough courses, which there's been a lot of recently. So I think he's someone that can, you know, a Canadian might feel comfortable in the wind uh, and can score low this week. Uh, and you said Ches Revy as well? And Ches Revy, yeah. Yeah, Ches Revy is, is one of those guys that we've seen compete, right? Um, you know, he missed the cut last week on, on a tough course, but he's a competitor. He's a, he's a, he's a, really, he's a PGA golfer. He's, he's done way better and way better events than this. So would it really surprise you if you saw Ches Revy in a top 15 against two? I don't even know half the guys in this field. Not at all. I like that. That's some great analysis. All right. So that is the 7K range. Of course, as everybody knows, Sia's secret weapon. The only place you can get that, windailysports.com backslash chat. He also gives you some bets in there. He doesn't give me uh, or my group (laughs) chat. Mostly the group chat because I, man, like as much as you guys think I laud about Sia here on the internet live, you should see the things that I say about him privately in our group chat. So. I'm just going to leave it at that. So it was a little, you know, but um, see a secret weapon under 7K, under 5% owned. We're 31 and 4? 30 and 5. 
30 and 5. We, li- we lost five. again last week. Man, so, I don't show up last week and this whole show goes to shit, guys. What are we doing? So, you know, I put in Discord. I actually put this in, and I don't normally put who, like, the runner-up is. But I was like, listen, I'm having a battle. And I texted our group text, which I, I sh- honestly shouldn't be doing. I should just be because it's all kind of like my picks. But um, it was between Charlie Hoffman and Matthew Naismith. And something got me scared off Charlie Hoffman. I don't know what it was. So I put in Discord. Hey, I'm debating between these two guys, but I ended up, I, I just want you to know that I debated them, but I'm choosing Matthew Naismith as the secret weapon. And, you know, the wheels came off pretty quickly for him. Charlie Hoffman, on the other hand, was awesome, just like I sort of expected him to be at the beginning of the week. So it was one of those things I uh, I wish I had gone the other way with it because Hoffman really was like a super smart play. But at least some I think some of the subscribers you know, at least got on Hoffman because I actually put him in there as a candidate for the secret weapon. So that's kind of the up upshot. But as far as my record, 30 and 5. 30 and 5. Still pretty incredible. Um, man, I got to be on the show more often, guys. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to everybody out there listening. But we're back this week, and that's all that matters. So C is going to have a couple plays in the 6K range. But as we said, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, not Wednesday morning, not Wednesday at 12, Wednesday night, Sia secret weapon, windailysports.com backslash chat, seven free days, and our expert Discord chat. Sia, first look, who are some of the guys that you're liking in the 6K range? Yeah, a few guys. I mean, John Ha, I think, is a reasonable play. In fact, those first four guys I like quite a bit. So you, you've got John Ha, you've got Jim Furyk, Tom Hogue, and Cameron Percy. I mean, we've kind of been on Tom Hogue and Cameron Percy for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Both of them have been secret weapons in the past, and they both performed really, really well. Of those four, I think I like Cam Percy the best. But honestly, Jim Furyk, A, he has a good history here. B, he's such a good course fit. C, I should mention, he's really popular. He's probably going to be the, believe it or not, he's 50 years old. He's probably going to be the highest owned guy in the 6K range. So, you know, I don't know if that means, hey, you definitely should be off him. Just know that, that he's going to be probably in that 10%, 9% range when it's all said and done. So that's pretty high for a 6K guy. I think he's a great play in cash. I think he's a reasonable play in in uh, GPP, but he really he really should do well here. So Furyk, Ho, Cam Percy, I think John Ha, I would put fourth place there. There's not a lot of other guys I like. I think Wesley Bryan is going to catch some ownership because he's typically really good on approach. Um, he really hasn't played much lately, so it's really hard to gauge, but that, that certainly is his specialty to the extent he has one. Um, Nate Lashley is interesting to me. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be on him, but I think he's maybe worthy of, of a couple uh, lineups if you're doing more than a handful. Bo Hogue, um, I think I think Joel was probably first to market on Bo Hogue quite some time ago. Honestly, in this field, Bo Hogue should be making the cut. He's good at he's a good enough ball striker and he's good enough all around player where if you have to stick somebody in in the 6600 range, I, I really think Bo Hogue could be kind of your ticket there. He's not going to be as volatile as the next guy I'm going to mention who I like, who probably has more upside than Bo Hogue, but maybe less cut equity, if you will. And that's Scott Stallings. I, I really do like Scott Stallings. I think he has plenty of upside. I like his price at 6500. I think he's kind of underpriced, but he's also volatile. So it's kind of one of those things, you know, you, you take what you get in the in the 6500 range maybe one other guy to mention in this range um roger sloan i remember looking i i i did a model but then i was also just looking at people's individual stats as as sunday and monday were going in this tournament and sloan you know from a ball striking standpoint you know looking at it there that that looks pretty good but outside of his finishing positions i mean he's striking the ball pretty well i think he has some potential in this particular field so that's a nice price and a sneaky play because Roger Sloan, I mean, is not going to have any ownership. I mean, like like almost nothing. So doesn't look like he's he's going to. Um, Joel, 
Anybody else from the 6K range? I mean, there's a couple guys. Pat Perez, you talk about. Ryan Amwa, Ryan, uh, Mr. Oppenheim. Like, oh, wait, you talk about these guys all the time. Who are you liking this week, Joel? Yeah, so there, there's one guy we missed at 7,000 flat that I do want to bring up because I think he's a, he's a good play this week. Uh, and it's Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover's a really good ball striker at 7K flat. He also has a really good course history. He missed the cut last year. Before that, he was tied for fourth. Tied for 17th in 2018, tied for 21st in 2017. So that's three years, um, top 22. Uh, and he played pretty well last week. He made the cut. He shot a 69. If you move his round one, right, if he even just went um, even par round one, uh, he probably would have been a top 25. So, um, you know, Lucas Gumpers is, is not playing poorly uh, in, a, in a reduced field with a good course history. I think he can be a really interesting play this week. Now, uh, I, I love I love that play too. I'm mean, looking at I mean he's made three cuts in a row and he then a missed cut before that and then he made two cuts before that. So in this field, you're right, Joel. That that I'm I completely overlooked him. I think that's a great play. Yeah. Uh, now, as we kind of dive into the six K range, I think uh, you know Jim Furyk is interesting. Um, I, I'm a, I agree. I think you know what you don't like about Furyk is what Cia said about with the ownership is um, it's it's a tough pill to swallow to take Jim Furyk at a high ownership, but you know, at this low, it's not going to be like burger or anything like that. It'll probably be, um, you know, maybe in the 10%. So it still won't be like overbearing. And if he does, if he gets you another 20 or even in the 15s or something like that, uh, that's going to be really great value at 6,900. Um, you know, I, I do. I like Percy and Hogue a lot. Another name I'll mention in the same realm is Denny McCarthy. I don't love McCarthy. He's never made the cut here, which is, you know, concerning. I just think, you know, for this field, he's a guy that has competed, has done really well. His form, you know, listen, last week he had two, he started the week off with 269, which is really good. He obviously fell apart over the weekend. Um, but, you know, two made cuts and, and a guy who's, you know, I just think he's a better golfer for the price that he'd be given for this for this tournament. So could be someone to, to look at. Uh and then as we go down, we're not going to want to get too low here because I think there is a, you know, there's a few guys in the 7K we like. There's a bunch of 8,000 range we like. I think we want to try and be a little bit more hybrid or balanced if we can and not dive too low. Um, but the the last guys that I'm interested in here are going to be Christ- Christopher Ventura, whose ball striking numbers aren't good right now, right? So those aren't the numbers that are making me want to play him. He's just someone who, you know, we've seen him get a 67 at the Arnold Palmer, uh, 69 at the Puerto Rico Open, which, you know, that was a field that he really could have competed better. So I'll even mark that as disappointing. But this is a guy who I think, you know, from Norway should be fine in the wind. I think he's a guy that can compete in, in this in this, uh, <laughs> in this in this type of a field. So especially if we're, when we're getting down this low in price, uh, I think he's, you know, someone that can get interesting. But other than that, you know, I, I do like Bo Hogue. Um, you know, he's one of, at this point, he's one of those guys at this rate. I think he will make the cut. I actually think he can compete this week. So I'm with C on that play. And the last one I'm going to give down here, uh, I liked Sloan as well. So Sloan was someone I was looking at before I even mentioned, which is interesting for someone who's going to be very low owned and overlooked. Um, I'll mention Stuart Sink as well as another guy who seems to be these types of tournaments where he shows up, where he's, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of a bit of a better. I think if you guys remember two or months ago, he won a tournament that was kind of similar to this one. Um, but also let's not forget, I think, I think Michael, you mentioned Rob Hoppenheim is a guy that we used to mention all the time, right? We used to be like, Rob Hoppenheim is a guy, he's going to be sneaky. The, the thing I like most about him is not only did he grade well statistically, and if you're looking for him, he's 6,600, Michael. Um, he graded out well statistically here. He, his, his recent form, he, he didn't play that recently, but his last go at it was tied for seventh. Um, but he, he's gaining strokes with his irons. 
the the stats that you need on this course, he he grades out well in. So if you want to take a shot on him, I think this this is the week to do it. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week again. It's not a very top-heavy field, right? There's Daniel. It seems like it's Daniel Berger and everybody else. Um, so at least that's for that's the information I've been picking up from you guys. And and really, you know, as Joel said, it's his more of Joel's patented. To say, see, we trademarked that, right? Joel's hybrid line. We, I'm pretty sure that's all in the. So yeah, all, we, yeah, we filed. We got it approved. Filed. Okay, cool. That's the lawyer term I'm looking for. Um, we filed, guys. We filed. Um, but that is the DFS breakdown. Again, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. If you're listening, thanks. We'll start with that. But then also give us a five-star review. Make sure to also check out the Better Golf Podcast. It's going to be in the show notes. Make that a part of your routine. There's really no way we can't have both of these shows on Tuesday. Um, and then have them like kind of come out Monday morning for the or Wednesday morning for the podcast, but it's like two hours. It's a lot of golf. You got an hour commute, right? And then an hour commute. Um, one thing I suggest: listen to your podcast at one point two times. One point two times. You take out twenty percent of the time. It allows you to get through all the information, right? Is that? Be- it's going to be a little difficult, though, because I talk really fast. No, no, no. So See, it's, I talk I'm already really fast. on 1.2. I, I talk really fast. I think we're all on 1.2. Yeah, I, I listen to this show. I think it's great. So I, we got nothing to worry about there. Um, so I think I think we do a great job. You got nothing to worry about. I do uh, if little... I may. If y- I may. Yes. Uh, uh, See you. Uh, please. Thank you. Um, appreciate that. Uh, listen, here's the thing. One of the reasons you should listen to the Better Golf Podcast, besides the obvious things we laid out, is their intro song is or yeah. their little intro thing mm-hmm. is awesome i don't know how they did it but michael y- you feel like like you're kind of in like a producer role you're kind of like ev- in everything yeah. to win daily like how come we don't have one of those intros it's so uh, bad get like listen everybody listening right now like we have quite a few that are listening i think uh at least that's what i the number i see on the screen mm-hmm. like you got to go to Better Golf Podcast. You'll be you'll be hooked in like five seconds in because this intro is so cool. So, Michael, what's the deal? We've been doing this for a year and a half, and all we get is you saying, "Hey, welcome to Win Daily." Like, what's that? Yeah, um, a year and a half. Our our like year anniversary is in May, by the way. So not not quite not quite eighteen months yet. We're about ten. Um, almost happy anniversary though. See, so yeah, just gonna throw that one out there. Wait, that's impossible because we were doing this pre pandemic. Which was March of last year. Nope. All right. Well, it just feels like it. Yeah, it just feels like it. Well, if you, guys, if you guys need an idea for the theme song, it should be Stone Cold's entrance music. Happy uh, three sixteen, by the way, everybody. Mm-hmm. Happy Austin oh, yeah. three sixteen. Yeah, no, that's nice. Um, but no, Nick paid some Australian guys some money. And oh, they, was he good they... in the wind? Is he good in the wind? <laughs> Very nice. Touche. <laughs> That was good. Well, don't we have an Australian guy? My sister lives in Australia. Who do I need to contact? Tip of the cat. Does your sister actually live in Australia? She does. Melbourne. What's she doing? Uh, she married a guy named George, who's pretty awesome. They started a family. They've been there like 25 years, I think. Damn. She's uh, she's a PhD psychologist. Got all kinds of books out there, Jesus by the way. Just like you, Christ. Michael. She's an author. Hey, I am an author. So me and your sister, you're saying we're practically the same person. Uh, just living on different ends of the world. And this, people... This is what you get with the Wind Daily Sports Show. Um, yeah, maybe we could talk to Nick. And I mean, he won enough money. Joel's won enough money. Like you guys could kind of scrounge up a couple hundred bucks and have these I'm Australian ha- guys. Make I'm happy to chip in. I want it a cool intro, man. It's a cool intro. It is a cool, cool intro. But they do a lot with betting. They'll do all the matchups. They'll look at all the different books. They're going to look at everything. 
We're here for the money shot, baby. We're going to give you the outrights. We're going to give you those first round leaders. Let's get to it. Uh, Joel, I don't feel like I haven't spoken with you in a little while. So talk to me. What uh, what are some of your favorite bets for the Honda Classic? So we just want to do, is there any way I'm supposed to, do we want to start with the round one leaders? Do we want to start top 40? Where are we starting here? Uh, well, we always do round one leaders last. So okay. all right. So throw that out there. So then that makes it easy. So I think the first, I think my, my favorite bet this week um, is going to be in the top 40 range. So I think we, there's a few guys in the top 40s that uh, I think we can get some really good value on. So uh, I'm going to start with Doug Gim. You're going to get even money um, on Doug Gim. Did you get in the top 40? I mean, listen, he, if you look at that from a pricing, DK pricing standpoint, that discrepancy, right? They're pricing him as a top 10 golfer, and they're in the betting market for top 40. There's like almost 15, 20 guys ahead of him. So I think there's definitely some value there. Um, we're looking at Benny Ann at plus 110 in the top 40. So, you know, he's a little bit more risky. So if you might want to go like a top 20 and get a little better odds of him, but he's a good golfer. And as long as he doesn't implode and put 14 balls in the water, he's only <laughs> thing he can be in the top 40 here this week. So I like getting plus odds on him. Um, Cameron Davis minus 120, also a top 40 bet that I like a lot. And Dylan Fratelli plus 110. I like that. That is nice. Yeah. That's just those are just some like nice odds. I don't have to get crazy with that. Mm-hmm. I'm putting more than a dollar on those. Let's just let's yeah. let's just be upfront and honest with everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna put more than a dollar on them. Wow. I'm probably not. See ya. What about you? What are some of the outrights that you're liking this week? Okay, so let me start with kind of a low one. And, and I you know, this has been adjusted on certain books because I think people are or books are a little bit nervous about the the Daniel Berger news. Again, I think he's gonna play. I don't want to overreact, but I noticed that the Joaquin Neiman number on some sites went from like twenty two to one on to some like thirteen to one. So I think that's just them, you know, minimizing the risk in case Berger pulls out. Because if he does, I think you could probably say Joaquin Neiman is the deserved favorite over even Sung JM, the way they're striking the ball. Um I mean I you could say both of them are. It doesn't really matter. The point is I don't like to take short shots here, but because of this like watered down field, I do think that there are some guys that have enough upside to just be like, oh, I'll just take the 20 to one shot. So I already got Neiman at 22 to one. I think if it hasn't moved yet, I think you should probably take it there because if Berger somehow decides to pull out, then all of a sudden you're getting tremendous value because that'll get cut in half. Uh, the next guy I like, we've talked about him a lot. Cameron Tringal, 45 to 1. Um, again, I got him earlier. I got him at 50 to 1 on a sports book that's kind of like asleep at the wheel right now because I think they still have the number up, including the Neiman number, among others. Uh, I think 45 to 1, 50 to 1, I think Tringal can compete here. I think he can be somewhere in the top five or six on Sunday down the stretch, and that's enough for me to take a 45 to 1 shot. Dylan Fratelli at 66 to 1. I don't love that one. That, again, Fratelli's more of a hunch play. We just heard Joel talk about Fratelli from a top 40 standpoint, so it sounds like we're kind of both on him. And then I'm just going to go like totally off the wall here. Cam Percy at 125-1. I, I love Cam Percy. He, there's no flash there. Limited upside. But when you have a guy that's limited upside in a tournament like this, I mean, you get hot for two days in a row and all of a sudden you're right up there with some of these other guys that, are, that have the short odds. And then finally, I'm not even playing this guy in DFS, but he pops up once every, I don't know, 30 tournaments. His name is Nate Lashley, and he's 175 to 1. And he's honestly, I've seen him go off in certain tournaments, not just for one day, but for an entire tournament. 175 to 1 in a tournament like this, it just seems like that's the right thing to do. Okay, and now I have to jump back in here because I might be reading this wrong. I hope I actually, I hope I'm not reading it wrong because if I'm not, this is awesome. But 
the odds that I'm seeing here for Steven Stallings. Seem- oh, no, no. You, okay, so that's a different Stallings. Okay. There's okay. two okay. Stallings okay. in this tournament. <laughs> yeah, okay. Steven, Steven qualified to get um, on Monday to get into this tournament, and then there's, wow. there's Scott. So, so not this guy. So, okay, because I'm looking right now at over a thousand to one odds. I'm like, for that, sure. Let's. Play that. But it's not Scott. It's a different guy that yeah. he's probably like as good as me. So we'll just keep him on. Stephen Stallings. Well, now you now you got yeah. me wondering what Scott Stallings. Um, who I think I have as a first round. Oh no, I didn't put him down. But I'm going. To I mean, but Stephen Stallings put ten cents on that. <laughs> no, God. don't like, even. Why like, not? Just throw a dime out your window and uh, call it a day. That's, That's not happening. not as fun though. Just placing that, just placing that bet gives me the ten cents worth of happiness. That's just fair. clicking bet makes that worth it. I don't okay. disagree with the entertainment value of clicking bet in that circumstance. Just clicking bet, Joel. First round leaders, what do you got, buddy? All right, so first round leaders this week. Uh, this is going to be a fun week for first round leaders because it's like you know everybody's as good as everybody. My first, <laughs> my first play is going to be Bo Hogue. Right, my favorite, ninety to one. Um, uh, and this is a really long odds for a guy who is not going to be much worse than you know the after the top ten guys. So love Bo Hogue, especially for a first round. Another interesting play, a guy that that's we haven't mentioned yet on the show, who's in this field a really interesting golfer is Eric Van Ruyen, who's also ninety to one. Um, I don't love Van Ruyen for a full week. I definitely will be playing him in showdown though, different days this week. And for a first round leader, he definitely fits the build of someone that can definitely have one really low day. So um, those are going to be my two plays at 91. 90 to one. See the dollar there worth the entertainment value of click and bet. See what do we got? First round leaders. Let's do it. All right. So here we go. So I, I, I got to add a couple here. So let's see, how many am I going to give you? Um, I didn't give you Keegan Bradley as an outright. I kind of like him there. But okay, so let's start with a shorter, short. First of all, the ones I have picked, you know, we think there might be an edge with the Thursday, with respect to first round leaders at least, with Thursday morning versus Thursday afternoon. That might change. And so I've sort of, most of the guys I've picked here are in that Thursday morning, like really early, so they don't have to worry about maybe wind picking up. So kind of keep that in mind. I've kind of already done that homework for you, but that homework might be awful by tomorrow because things might change. But typically, you know, Thursday morning, you're, you're typically going to be dealing with less wind there. So, um, Joaquin Neiman, 33 to 1. Again, you know, I don't like to take the shorter shot. It's not as fun, but that, that could happen. Cameron Tringal, 50 to 1. Dylan Fratelli, 70 to 1. Cam Percy, 80 to 1. I'm not in love with that, um, but whatever. 80 to 1's fun. And then I got to mention Scott Stallings at 90 to 1. He is not one of the guys that's in the morning, though. So it's kind of one of those things like, you know, take that for what it's worth. And then I'll give you two more. One of them is the breaking news. I know this is a little bit more than normal, but, you know, whatever. Um, Keegan Bradley, I, I mentioned him, right? 50 to 1? You have now? Okay, Keegan Bradley, 50 to 1. Okay, so here's the breaking news. Are you guys ready? What um, time is it? I got 9.08 uh, on 316. 316, indeed. So here we go. At 70 to 1, your first round leader, who also has a morning tea time, by the way, so he's in that, that good category, at least at, at, we think it's a good category as of right now. Your first round leader, who put 1,000 balls in the water last week, is none other than Ben On at 70 to 1. He is your first round leader. Let's go. You know what's funny, Sia? I was just getting ready to say, I'm surprised you didn't mention Ben On. (laughs) There you go. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I am so in. And it's going to be awesome when he does win that. 
because then I can take that screenshot and be like, I believed in you the whole time. I believe, and everyone's going to have been off of it. Oh, it's going to, that's going to be incredible. That is going <laughs> to be incredible. So just to go over some of it, top 40, we have Doug Gim, Benny on. And if he hits that first round leader, I'm pretty confident in that top 40, by the way. So I'll cash that ticket while we're at it. Don't Cam be. Gim, don't be that confident. 11,000 11, balls in the water last week. Uh, Cam Davis, top 40. Dylan Fratelli as well. Outrights, we have Tringal, Percy, and Lashley. You said no to Fratelli for outrights, correct? You said it, and then you kind of didn't say it. So no, like... you, can, you can keep him there as an outright. Okay. I, I think um, I was hedging on Fratelli as a first-round leader. Okay. But just play them both. Put a number on. And then for first round leaders, Joel has Bo Hogue and Eric Van Royen, and Sia has Joaquin Neiman, Mr. Tringall, Fratelli, Percy, Stalling, so I'm not going to tell you which one, Keegan Bradley, and the breaking news is Benny Yan. I love it. I'm so in. I'm so in. The Honda Classic never stood a chance. You listen to us, you're going to take down all the DFS tournaments. You're going to go listen to the Better Golf Podcast. You're going to make so much gosh darn money. You don't know what to do with it. You're not going to know what to do with it. WindailySports.com backslash chat. Get in that uh, expert Discord chat so Sia can give you his secret weapon. Sia, where can everybody find you on the internet otherwise? Did we learn that Ivy League schools really just aren't aren't worth that much? Is that what we learned today? I think so. Like, just get better at DFS and betting, and your parents probably love you more. Yeah, and you, see, <laughs> yeah. you don't have you don't have all <laughs> you don't have all that you don't have all that money wasted. Um, also, uh, FYI, just a just a reminder: um, definitely talk to Daniel Berger's dad. Have your parents mm-hmm. uh, talk to him. Yeah. But yeah, you can mm-hmm. find me at Cianajad uh, Sports on Instagram and uh, on Twitter at Cianajad. Love it. Joel, where can we find Daniel Berger's dad? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know where you can find him, but you can find me at Reflect ah. on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, hopefully we're gonna, we'll have some clearer answers on wind and everything as the week goes on. If you drop in the Discord, we'll drop some, uh, some, some more plays as we get closer to the off. Yes, yes, we will. You can find me at Michael Raziel one You can find us at Windaily Sports. One more time, windailysports.com backslash chat. Make sure to check the show notes. We have our NCAA bracket challenge up. We're partnering with Monkey Knife Fight. We're giving away a signed Magic Johnson jersey. Uh, these so guys? One, well, the, one the, guys? the one guy, yeah, not the other guy, but yeah, that, that yeah. guy. Uh, nice. Signed Magic Johnson jersey as well as we're giving away like a million different memberships to everybody, uh, I think, top 20 or 30 people win prizes so it's free to enter you just have to like click a button so i'll put that in the show notes again subscribe to the better golf podcast what do you got sia well are you giving away my jersey because i'm not i feel like no. we should have discussed no, that, that would have been pretty cool that would oh but s guy's got a great idea we should give away a signed henry oh. higgs golf hat maybe that's how we get him on the show we just like write him see oh see angel have both of your kids have all of your kids write him and see if he will send them a golf hat. And I'm sure, what, see, you got two or three kids. Joel, I mean, I don't know, PJ's what, like 18 months? He could probably write at this point. Like, <laughs> figure it out. You guys do what you need to do there. See if we can get a couple golf hats from Henry Higgs and then try and get him on the show. What do you guys think? How about, how about this? Because they don't know how to write. Um, an adorable an adorable video yes. asking for a signed hat from Harry Higgs. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. Am I right? Yes. No. That's like a guaranteed yeah, he has Absolutely, to. At yeah, that it's point. basically guaranteed at that. Yeah. Point. Oh my God, that would be incredible. honestly. I feel like I feel like if we're gonna do that, because it will be so adorable. Wh- whichever kid does it, 
I feel like we should maybe shoot a little bit higher than Harry Hicks. Like, don't hopefully he's not Wait, watching. You think I'm just saying, like, well, what, like let's how do much that, higher like, can it get? You think oh, he's too higher than Harry Hicks? <laughs> yeah, like, well, who the I hell just, are you seeing? I, I mean, Jez Reevy, Mark Hubbard, <laughs> please. Yeah, it's blasphemous. Yeah. I like that idea though. Just came up with that live on air. Thank you, S guy. Appreciate the idea. Um, S guy's gonna have his daughter do a video for Henry Higgs. So yes, tweet it out. Tag That's us. Fantastic. We'll retweet it, and then we'll we'll get Mike North to retweet it. So a lot of people will actually be able to see that. Make sure to tag him and everything, and then yeah. I think that's what we do. From now on, every week we have somebody's kid just ask for a signed golf hat. <laughs> it's a great idea. I love it. Awesome. For, for Sia, for Joel, everybody in the chat, we appreciate each and every one of you. For Wind Daily Sports, my name is Michael Raziel, and we hope you have a very profitable Honda Classic. Bye, everybody. Sports. Yeah.